Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. William, welcome back, you little ice baby. Thank you so much. You're welcome. How are you doing? I'm fine. Happy to be here. How are you? I'm fine too. Happy to have you. Thank you. Uh, so before we get started into like the actual real show, I do want to give some updates. So <clears throat> for the past week, I've been in Iceland. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about Iceland a couple of times here on the show. Right. Most recently, you explained the history of the Aurora Borealis, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite fascinating. But way, way, way back in episode 38, you talked about Iceland and how they believe in elves. Yes. Now, having just been in Iceland, I have something of an update for that topic. Excellent. Did you see an elf? No. Damn. And frankly, they're sick of it. (laughs) They're over it. They're over it. So when we were in Iceland, first of all, it's absolutely beautiful there. Uh, My feet are currently in a ton of pain because we did like a lot of hiking in absolutely beautiful places. Yeah. Um, We tried to uh, see the Aurora Borealis. We unfortunately failed. It was very cloudy while we were there. We think we saw a shadow of it once. Hmm. Pretty cool. Nice. But uh, at one point, we had a guide. That uh, drove us around to a few different interesting spots. And as we were driving around, he's a very nice nice guy. His name is Kitty. Mm -hmm. And he was telling us um, a lot of the history of Iceland. All very fascinating. And then uh, he was like, yeah, feel free to ask me any questions if there's anything else you want to know. And so uh, what do you think I asked? (laughs) I immediately asked about ghosts, urban legends, Elves, trolls, and hidden people. Naturally. Mm-hmm. Hold a folk. Yeah, hold a folk. Yeah. He uh, started out by saying that a lot of the stories about elves and trolls and hidden people and stuff, uh, he uh, dates back to writers uh, uh, <laughs> traveling the countryside and finding curious little tasty little mushrooms to eat. Really? And they'd suddenly have all of these encounters with trolls and elves. Interesting. He cited the statistic that you brought up in that show, which I've also seen elsewhere since, uh-huh. about how something like 40 to 50% of Icelanders uh, say that they do believe in trolls and hidden people and elves and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know who they're asking. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I guess they're, they're doing it right, but like, I, I don't know anybody who actually believes this stuff. So right. they're doing it for fun or whatever. And as we know, like there was a road they were going to build and they didn't build it because of uh, you'd be encroaching on the, the elves' territory. But he, yeah. his his whole thing was like, he was like, I don't even entertain it yeah. even a little bit. Uh-huh. Not real. It was all those tasty mushrooms on the hillside. That's amazing. And even Could like. very well be. Yeah. Other writers would evidently be like, shut up. You did not see elves. And then they would also find those tasty little mushrooms. And suddenly they believed. So he's like, what's the common denominator here? Right, it's right. Like, it's psychedelics. But do they know that psychedelics were being used? Or is it a guess? I, I don't know. I, I guess you according I mean? to my like, according to my tour guide for one yeah. day, it was a definite. But yeah, I don't know okay. if that's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and, then, uh, and then he didn't say anything else. So about a, an hour and a half later, uh, it was quiet again. And I went, <laughs> so back to monsters, yeah. Kitty. Um, <laughs> Uh, what about urban legends of the area and ghosts? And he basically just was like, come back in a year and I'll do some research on it. <laughs> oh, all right. I was sorry. Like, oh, and he was, and he was a totally cool guy, but all he right. was like, he was like, honestly, people tell me this stuff and I just don't believe it. So it goes in one ear and out the other. And Kitty's I went, he's done. And I went, but it's a cool story. And he goes, I guess so. <laughs> so he, <laughs> it's not Kitty's deal. He wasn't into it. He wasn't into yeah. it. But uh, that at least is a, a meager update on yes, trolls and stuff. Absolutely. And now this next part, this is not going to work necessarily as well for uh, audio only. So we're going to try to describe we'll uh, what we're doing here as well. But uh, Kristen, uh, for the past week, has been uh, helping us out massively. Mm-hmm. She's been watching our little dog, mm-hmm. Molly. Hell yeah. Even, I love Molly. Even uh, Kristen and Ryan even shoveled the sidewalk in front of the house when it snowed. Yeah, do what you got to do. Come on. So normally I would have gotten her nothing. <laughs> right. But uh, we right. did pick up a little souvenir. So uh, try to describe this for okay. the listeners as you reach in to this Iceland. Can wagon. I look at it or I'm reaching in and doing that like I'm putting my hand spaghetti for brains on uh, Halloween? Spoiler alert, it is spaghetti. It is a loose bag oh, of spaghetti. Oh, it's so wet and wiggly. <laughs> <Okay>. Squishy. Squishy. <laughs> Cute. Okay, so this is a knit hat. Why, uh-huh. why are you looking funny? Oh! Do you understand? Of course I understand. It looks like our logo. Yeah. That's weird. How crazy so is that? So it's a knit hat that has green on the top and bottom and black and white in the middle. It. We were walking through a store. That's so weird. And I don't remember who said it, but at some point we were just looking at it going like, that's the guide to the unknown logo. Yeah. This is crazy. So in Iceland, 
We're so popular that they yeah. stole We're huge. our entire aesthetic to make hats and mittens. This is fantastic. Yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah. so awesome! Thank you. Absolutely, yeah. They I could actually... have used this hat when I left my hat at your house earlier in the week. <laughs> if only you'd been home. Yeah, I could have mailed it. Yeah, <laughs> I decided not to. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to suffer. This rules. That's so weird. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Absolutely. Very awesome, and thank you, there Iceland. You Get your guide to the unknown merch. Yeah. It's in Iceland. Bunch of buds. Yeah. Cool. Uh, All right. So there you go. That's we'll my. That's the extent of my update. That's awesome. Well, thank you, and I'm glad that you had a great time. I did. Did indeed. you do any of the foot stretches I showed you? I did not. Ah. My feet were in such pain. I was afraid of doing anything but lying down. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yes. So I have a bite-sized monster madness this Whoa. week, except it's a bite-sized Mr. Madness. Oh, no. <laughs> because it's not about a monster. <laughs> Mr. Magitude. <laughs> he's here. Ah. Oh, yeah, he's really bite-sized. Yeah, oh, well, everything. I mean, he, everything is bite-sized yeah. to him. If you're Monsieur Magitude, yeah. everything is bite-sized. <laughs> <laughs> is it mini monster madness or bite-sized monster madness what we do? What do we call it? I think we call it something different from the graphic I made. What, what's your graphic? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Opa. So this is a topic that I came across that's cool, but not really like long enough for a main course. So this is your appetizer. Cool. Um, your amuse-bouche. Okay. It is amusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I came across a link today that I got really excited about that said the CIA had declassified a bunch of documents oh. that have a bunch of paranormal stuff in it. Awesome. And then I realized this was an article from 2017. I've already read this, <laughs> but yeah. I had forgotten some details. Okay. So it was good to revisit. Sick. And um, one of them was about Yuri Geller. Do you know who that is? Was he the first uh, man in space? <laughs> No, I'm laughing because he's like very far from that. Oh. He is a guy who would go on TV and say he was bending spoons with his mind. Oh, yes, of course. I'm thinking of like Yuri Gargarin or something like that. He was like one of the first. Yes, of course. I know that. Yeah. As well. And Chimchar, the first <laughs> monkey in space. Well, is that real? Uh, there was a monkey in space, but Chimchar is a Pokemon. Oh, okay. I'm ruining all the goodwill I earned with mom today because she turned to me and said, who invented the cotton gin? I said, Eli Whitney. Yeah, Eli Whitney. Yeah. And she was like, I am so glad you know that. And I was thinking to myself, like, I won't go through all the other weird things that I should know that I don't know. Oh, that have they're, upset mom. They're on the display. There's a big one that is not on display specifically because mom asked me not to share it with the general public. Oh, man. You know what I, I want to know real badly. You know. I do. Um, yeah. I'll tell you later. But um <laughs> It's so funny that you were talking about the cotton gin. That's like that's like when I was a kid, I imagined what adults must talk about. <laughs> and I just like sitting around at lunch, sipping on tea. You know, if the cotton gin had not been invented until uh, the the early 1940s, how do you think that would have affected the American economic system? <laughs> like all the questions at the end of a chapter in a history yeah. book, you know? Yes, that's right. Oh, you know, God. I was I was wondering what do you think would happen? What would George Washington have said if he wrote a letter to somebody living today? I forgot about those like prompts. <laughs> Goofball prompts. Well, it was because mom was um, knitting a new scarf for me after mm. the one that she knit for you. Yeah. And she was thinking about how great it is that we don't have to go through the bitch of knitting to make our clothing and all. Mm. And good thing there's a cotton gin to help us make clothes easily. <laughs> thank God. We don't yeah. say it enough. No. We thank really God don't. for the cotton gin. And thank God for Eli Whitney. Um. <laughs> Thank God for me knowing who that is. Yeah. <laughs> to give me a little bit of academic <clears throat> clout with mommy. Eli Whitney, without even looking up. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what happened. Discard the knowledge. <laughs> who invented the cotton gin? Eli Whitney. Eli Whitney. <laughs> me reading a newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Upside down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Yuri Geller is not the first man in space, no. nor Chimchar the first monkey. Maybe not. He was a psychic or kind of like mind bendy guy yeah, yeah. who would not bend minds, bend spoons, maybe minds in the process, sure. and was very showy about having these like telekinetic abilities and things like that. So it turns out, according to documents from Stargate Project, from these declassified CIA documents, um, that they 
investig or er, uh, researched Yuri Geller to kind of test his psychic skills, and he passed the test. Oh, really? So the Stargate Project was basically <clears throat> about psychic powers and any sort of extrasensory stuff. And they said in the documents that they wanted to recruit, quote, psychic warriors to employ remote viewing. So being in one place and be able to see something that's going on somewhere else. And they wanted to see if that could be a real thing that they could utilize yeah. in you know, relations with other countries that we're not getting along with or whatever. Awesome. Um, oh, also, I thought this was interesting. The reason that these files are available for us to see was that they weren't, like, under lock and key, these weird files, but they were only available to see on four computers in um, at the National Air Archives in Maryland. And then um, a Freedom of information Freedom of Information Group um, called Muckrock sued the CIA to make them upload the collection of documents to the internet so that everybody could see it and have access to it. And doing that took two years. Wow. Because it was like tons and tons of stuff. Wow. They also may have been dragging their feet a little bit, but still. Sure. But that, yeah, just, that, it's amazing that they got them to do it at all. I know. That's incredible. I know. So, um, so they experimented on Yuri Geller. What they did with him, um, probably among other things, was that they would have uh, an agent or whatever you call it. Let's just say an agent for the sake of argument. They had an agent go in the other room and there would be um, – they would draw something. And Yuri Geller is supposed to tap into what they're thinking about or be able to see it, I guess, if we're yeah. thinking about remote viewing and draw <clears throat> the same thing as well. I'm annoying myself for not writing it down specifically. I believe that both of them were given a prompt or something. Like it would, it would be something like something that grows, let's say, is the prompt. But okay. neither of them knows what, or, you know, Yuri Geller doesn't know what the guy's going to do. So this was a real specific one. The person in the other room drew a bunch of grapes. Yuri Geller says, because he's also talking through this with kind of an agent with him at the time just to kind of see the process and see what's up. He's like, I'm seeing circles. I'm seeing purple. I'm seeing whatever. And drew a bunch of grapes. It looks just like that other guy's bunch of grapes. There's some sort of prompt. The guy in the other room draws the solar system, like the sun and plants around it, you know, in a rudimentary way. Yuri Geller draws the sun, a bunch of plants around it, but there's a, a plane in it. So it's a little bit different. Okay. That's um, still remarkably yes. similar. So there are a bunch that were like that, where he what? was doing yeah. the same thing. There were some where it was off, but they ended up concluding, and this is what they wrote in their files, um, that he demonstrated his paranormal perceptual ability in a convincing and unambiguous manner. Okay. So they were pretty sold on Yuri Geller, like being the dude. So Yuri Geller was like very showmanshipy, and so he talked to the press about this and was bragging about it. And a lot of people thought that he was just like full of it and being. Like, he's like, oh yeah, no, the CIA wants to employ me because he was just like kind of weird, outlandish guy. So people were like, yeah, okay. It ended up being true. And what he had said to the press back then was that they wanted to investigate him because they told him that there was a woman in Russia who could move stuff with her mind. So they wanted to test him out to see if they had like an equivalent weapon yeah. here in America. That's the arms race. You yeah, know, basically. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a psychic arms race. Um, and this is all real, which is crazy. That is crazy. Um, and he, he said to the press that they possibly wanted him to erase floppy disks with his mind. Um, he said that they wanted him to stand outside the Russian embassy in Mexico and erase floppy disks being thrown out the window by Russian agents. Could not find any elaboration on that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's something that he said. I bet BTK wishes he had that power too. Oh, big time. Yeah, he would have loved to utilize Yuri Geller. Felled by the floppy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being blinded by the light. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's a crazy thing. He is my mini mister, bite-sized mister. Love um, it. But these files also had recipes for invisible ink that the CIA was using that you can find, which that's is really cool. weird. Yeah, Lemon really juice? Cool. Yeah, lemon juice and some other stuff. Yeah. Um, and it also documented UFO sightings, which we talked about before. Just lots of documentations of like strange things that they looked into, apparently. And you know what's another weird UFO sighting, which I'm going into my main topic now. Hope you liked your appetizer. Hope you didn't fill up too much. Here we go. William, I'm going to talk to you about the Wanakee Reservoir UFO sightings. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Is this in New Jersey? Yeah, baby. Wanakee? Do Okay, thank you for saying that because I was just thinking to myself, huh, I meant to look up the pronunciation of, the pronunciation of this before I came there and I forgot to. Tread lightly. What? Be careful. Why? Who's there? I've mentioned this man before. Uh, 
So the podcast, Tell Him Steve, Dave, yeah. made contact with a guy calling himself Sargell18. Oh yes, Sargell18 is from Wanakue? Yeah, he, he says that he is the person who discovered the Wanakue vortex. Oh, man, I should look into that. Yeah, so it might, well, it's. I think it's a topic unto have, itself. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I have nothing about a vortex, but there are a lot of strange happenings in Wanakue. Yes, exactly. So this, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to hear about this because maybe then we have to quickly follow up someday soon. Yeah. With Sarge L18 sure. and the Wanakue Vortex. Absolutely. Now I'm I want to follow up I'm very excited about this. My mind was blown by this. I knew nothing about this. I had never heard of it or anything. Yeah. It's almost akin to me like when we were talking about the Jersey Devil and they're like tons of witnesses and all this stuff. And I was like, why have I never heard about all these witness reports and crazy crap? Right. This was like a big, big deal. It's like hiding in plain sight in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why this didn't become why bigger. Why is this like taught in school? Well, maybe, it, yeah. maybe it is when you're younger in New Jersey or something. I don't know if don't it is know. taught. Maybe in, not. Why would they teach it in school? It's unverified. It's a big, weird part of our history, though. It's like a big, cool event. I guess it's only cool if you're like stuff. into... Yeah, they don't... You know who does? Amy of Schooled on Instagram. Yeah, that's right. If you follow us anywhere on social media, you've seen us repost um amy's uh child's amazing like notes about our show because amy does like a folklore friday with um her kid it's which really is cool. so cool guide yeah. to the unknown is used for educational purposes i know how absurd is that situation <laughs> I, know. I love it right so at least somewhere folklore is being taught in yeah. school so I'll just I, I'll start from the beginning, and I I read a whole lot of different websites and everything, but I mainly sourced for my talk tonight from Weird New Jersey, a classic. Love it, and I have a lot of direct quotes because I felt like they were important to illustrating what this is, as opposed to me being like, yeah. So they say it's like a bright light because it's so interesting. I love this story, yeah. and it just has a lot of like color and like real life personality in it, and like I feel like it's easy to put yourself in these places and be like, what the hell? That would be so insane. Yeah. Okay, so this happened in 1966, all of these um, events. But I will say there have been more UFO sightings, obviously in every state, but in New Jersey. The way that I got to this topic in the first place was by finding an article from njpatch.com, or maybe it's just patch.com, from February, talking about how there's been an uptick in UFO sightings in New Jersey. For, from February 2019? Yeah, yeah. Just recently. We got to get to Wanakue. I know. No, but in general in New Jersey, in oh, just, Central Jersey, there was one in Piscataway. General Jersey. Yes, General Jersey. Mm. And they referenced the Wanakue UFOs in that article. And I was like, what is that? And then when I went and looked and I was like, blah. Yeah. So in January of 1966, there was a police officer um, for Wanakue named Joe Sisko who got a call from, dis from dispatch to go check out a glowing light, possibly a fire. That's a quote from the dispatch officer. Then immediately followed up with people in Oakland, uh, Oakland, <laughs> Oakland, <laughs> Ringwood, Patterson, Totowa, and Butler claim there's a flying saucer over the Wanakue, wow. meaning the Wanakue Reservoir. Yeah. So this is a direct quote from Joe Sisko. He said, I pulled into the sand pit in open area to get my bearings, Sisko recalls. There was a light that looked bigger than any of the stars, about the size of a softball or volleyball. It was a pulsating white stationary light changing to red. It stayed in the air. There was no noise. I was trying to figure out what it was. So around the same time that that's happening, like it's like a TV show or something where you're cutting to different people all experiencing the same thing. This article is really great. If you just Google Wanakue Reservoir, the Weird New Jersey article is the first one that comes up, which I'm citing from. So around the same time, the mayor of Wanakue, whose name is Harry Wolf, was with his son Billy and two town councilmen named Warren Hagstrom and Arthur Barton driving to see the burning of the Christmas trees, which was apparently a thing they used to do. People, when they, people threw out their Christmas trees, they could round them all up to be all burned together. That... <laughs> That, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, that sounds like a war on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but it's later. This is January. Yeah. Christmas has passed. Now we're just giving the trees a nice burial, basically. A Viking funeral. A Viking funeral. Um, so they're driving, and I guess the mayor had like the um, the police scanner in his car, had access to talk to police people from his own car, and they heard the reports over the radio. So they're like, what? This sounds crazy. Let's go join Joe Sisko where he's at. Yeah, yeah. So they drive Joe Sisko and park, and they see it. So the son, Billy, described it as looking like it was a giant star gliding low over the lake because they're parked in this um like you know sandy thing by the reservoir so gliding low over the lake and he said it was super weird that it didn't flicker at all but like joe said it continuously changed color from white to red to green and then back to white 
So it's just like moving shades. Okay. Totally silent. His dad, the mayor, said, quote, the phenomenon was terribly strange. And he said that his guess was that it was like oval shaped. And this is a big span, but he said it was about two to nine feet in diameter. Because I guess it was far away enough that he couldn't tell. That's weird. That's not that big. No, but like, you know, for something that's like kind of close-ish to you, and you can tell it's not a star. You're just like, what is this? Yeah. Um, two to nine feet. Yeah. Wait a minute. Two to nine feet. It was either something or nearly five times that size. Yeah, that conflicts <laughs> with a lot of what's in here. That's weird, right? Maybe the mayor. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have great spatial reasoning. Maybe I don't. <laughs> I that's definitely like, don't. Honestly, that's like if you no. asked me how big something was. Yeah. First of all, two to nine is a big span, and it's totally wrong, probably, from what everybody else describes. Yeah. I would do the same I've thing. I've moved into like four different places with Allie, and I'll be like, I'll never fit there. And it fits like perfectly with a room to spare. I'm like, I have... all right, you get to look at stuff from now on. <laughs> I don't have the concept. I... Okay. It's either two feet or nine feet. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say something that's going to wound our mom. I don't know what a mile is. How far is a mile? I don't know. Five I'll tomatoes. You don't I, know this? What? Five tomatoes. What are you talking about? Five two eight zero. Oh. Five thousand two hundred eighty feet is one mile. I can't conceive of that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, actually, from being in Iceland for so long, <laughs> right. I'm far more used to kilometers. That's all I need. Um, so the radio started going crazy, the police scanner radio, with people calling in from like a 20-mile radius. And um, Officer Cisco called another officer, Officer Dykeman, who's patrolling nearby. So Dykeman gets the call um, that there's like this weird light, something's going on. Just then, a bunch of teenagers run up to his patrol car, and they're like, what is this? What's going on? Then... Two Wanakue civil defense directors, I don't really know what that means, um, are driving together. They've heard it on their radio in their car. What? They drive up to Officer Dykeman, and they're, like, excited. And they're, they're like, oh, my God, the radio's blowing up. Like, what is this? This is all crazy. So these things are all going on. People are separately freaking out, finding each other to freak out together to have this common experience. Would never happen today. I'd be driving through Wanakue while there's a UFO, and I wouldn't yeah. know because I'm listening to a five-year-old episode of Tell Him Steve Dave <laughs> yeah. or listening to like a 10-year-old clip of Jon Stewart talking because I miss him. <laughs> like I don't know anything current. I don't know. I'm watching clips of Conan O'Brien from 1994. Oh, absolutely. I'm listening to Real Housewives Recap Podcast. <laughs> I don't see anything. <laughs> so... Um, so let's go back to the sand pit with Joe Cisco. Yes, please. So his radio, and this is uh, this is pulled directly from the weird New Jersey thing. Back at the sand pit, Joseph Cisco's radio crackled as another unbelievable message came across the airwaves. Something's burning a hole in the ice. Something with a bright light on it going up and down. Then another transmission fought its way through the din. Oh boy, something just landed in front of the dam. Spencer and Reservoir employee, uh, who's Spencer? <laughs> um, Reservoir employee Fred Stein. Poor Spencer. <laughs> lost to history. Lost to time. <laughs> um, reservoir employee Fred Stein's race to the top of the 1,500-foot-long da- uh, Raymond Dam, where they described seeing a bolt of light shoot down as if attracted to the water, like a beam emitted from a porthole. Patrolman Cisco, Mayor Wolf, and town councilman Hagstrom and, and Barton climbed to the top of the dam to get a better look. There was something up there that was awful bright, Hagstrom recalls. We don't know what it was. We thought it was a helicopter, but we didn't hear a motor. It looked like a helicopter with a big la- with big landing lights on. We got goosebumps all over when we saw where the hole was in the water. According to John Shuttle, another councilman who witnessed the UFO, there was no doubt about it. It was there, he said. I saw it, a brilliant white object, two to three feet across, and its color, no, not color, shade, it kept changing. So I guess it was small feet-wise, but you were kind of close to it, so you could tell. Yeah. I don't know. Um, People who had been listening to their police scanners started coming out to look. Traffic was jammed up. It was a scene. Oh, that's me just talking again. Okay. No. So that's what was going on. I still have my reading of quote voice. It was voice. a scene. It was a scene. Um, so they had to close all the entrances to the reservoir to keep out all the onlookers because it was like mayhem, it sounded like. Yeah. Um, so the officer and the councilman had gone to the top of the dam, stayed there, and just watched the light for about half an hour just to like just examine it and trying to figure out. Like I-, I can't imagine taking your eyes off this thing if you're just like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> so just watching it. And then suddenly it zoomed away to like the southeast. Um, and something that I like about what the weird New Jersey thing says, it doesn't make it clear, but I'm assuming this and I like what I'm assuming. It 
said that it hovered for a time at this location, that it moved a little bit and, hover, and it hovered at this location. And it also said that Officer Cisco saw it one more time before the sun came up the next day, which implied to me that maybe he was tracking it. Like yeah. maybe it zoomed to the southeast. He was like, to the car, boys. Right. They got in their car and they followed it if they knew where it hovered, kept moving, stopped and whatever, you know, which is awesome if you're the aliens though yeah like like just to imagine it from their perspective mm -hmm. they're up to something and they're not necessarily concerned that people can see them right right that's weird right yes is yeah. it is it well, like maybe it's a fact-finding mission maybe they want to study people maybe they're coming to look out over us and like observe so that you know who knows i guess uh well here are i'm gonna say something weird <laughs> All right, whatever. So again, I was just in Iceland. Did I mention? Oh my God! Anyway, you're be like Mike talking about going to Montreal. So, Ugh. well, I've also been to Canada. Oh, okay. That's also, enough. they, their, their, their highways are measured in kilometers as well. <laughs> the metric system is far um, preferable. Anyway, well, maybe I'll do better when we go to Canada at the end of the <laughs> month, and I'll understand mileage. <laughs> maybe, yeah. So, um, in in Iceland, we we drove around and. You just drive through the middle of nowhere yeah. for hours and hours and hours. But periodically you see farms and sheep and horses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it, you telling that story a moment ago about like the people looking at the spacecraft and it's darting around doing other stuff. Mm -hmm. It made me think about like that's probably what it was like when, when humans were originally trying to settle on places is that like we'd go into the woods or yeah. we'd go into a field and start like checking the land. <laughs> I don't know, stomping around yeah. to yeah. see stuff. And if a cow was watching us. Who cares? Sorry, right. sorry, cow. I'm building on your land. Yeah. So is it like that? Is it like I wonder humans? Yeah. Staring at the spaceship. They're just incidental. Yeah. You're just and like I'm checking this out. Like you're there and that's fine. You're not going to bother me. I won't bother yeah, you. Yeah. The space folk are like, yeah, it's hey, yeah. The, these are the the native creatures to this planet. Right. Uh. So like you know whatever they'll they'll look, look one away. way or another. Yeah. We're doing our thing. I mean, they saw us blast the hole in the ice of this reservoir. So. Yeah. Maybe they'll know to stay. We thought that ground was weird. Turns out it's real crunchy and explosive. <laughs> crunchy. <laughs> um, so there were more sightings the next day. So um, the next day, let me see. Um, so there was a patrolman named Jack Warlaw who reported seeing a bright white disc floating in the vicinity of his home um, in Wanakue, kind of just um, just a little bit beyond the reservoir. So this is a quote from him. It seemed like only a block away, um, above Lily Mountain, maybe a thousand feet up, Wardlaw said. Don't ask me what it was, but I do know it wasn't any helicopter, plane, or comet. It shot laterally left and right. It stopped. It moved up straight. And then it moved down and disappeared in the direction of Ringwood to the north. Wardlaw described the shape as definitely disc-shaped and, at certain angles, egg-shaped. So I imagine it's like kind of skinny, you know, if you look at it one way, but as it turns or something, you kind of like see its full shape. That kind of sounds like the classical UFO description to me, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. Like egg shaped so it's oval, but like an egg on its side right, and right. it's a disc. Right. Like that's a flying saucer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's a description a little bit later in here that is so nuts. I wish that there was a, a video of the person describing it because I can just imagine getting whipped up and be like, it was like this, but, but a little bit more like that. And uh, huh. And whoever like took this transcription of him talking must have been like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> but I, I get it. Um, so then later that night, confusingly, there's another Cisco on the police force. This is Sergeant Dave Cisco as opposed to Officer Joe Cisco. This Cisco starts with an S. Other Cisco starts with a C. But it gave me a real double take when I was writing this down. I was like, did I mess up all these names? But no. And then a third Cisco came into play when I put the thong song on as I was researching. <laughs> Baby! He's identified that object. No. It's a butt. <laughs> So Sergeant Dave Sisko said that he saw something later that night in the evening. And he said that this UFO just kind of noiselessly hovered into his view. His quote was, it glided, then streaked faster than a jet. And when it rose, it went straight up. So that seems to be something also in common. These objects not doing like an incline, like an airplane, but just like, whoop, like yeah. straight up. Momentum isn't necessarily that important. And like thrust right. can change. Right. It can move wherever it needs to. Yeah, totally. Very precise. Um, this description I thought is really weird too. So this was um, <laughs> new Cisco, S. Cisco, um, with another policeman um, saying that they saw it across the dam. We looked across the water and saw a cylinder-shaped object. It was moving back and forth like a rocking chair motion. We were astonished. 
I love that visual, just yeah. back and forth. Like, what's it doing? Especially, yeah, that that's like a scanner or, yeah. or something. Ooh, yeah. Right? That's what it makes me think of when you're at the grocery store and you're trying to scan an avocado. Yeah. And it takes several <laughs> passes. And it could be a similar shape. An avocado is just a larger, bumpier egg. My God. From the outside. Yeah. Softer, too. I've seen... I've <laughs> I've seen swiping like this before when I spot a grandpa trying to use the self-checkout. <laughs> I get this damn thing. Oh, can't get the can't get the damn socks. It's not catching. Ah. <laughs> so a few minutes later they're watching this happen, then again, shoots straight up into the sky until it was undistinguishable from other stars. Um they both said they didn't hear a sound while this whole thing was going on. So same deal. Like you would think that you would hear a motor or something from this thing because it's kind of close enough to hear that, but it's totally silent. Um so Theodora who is the second cop in this said, "I didn't believe in UFO in UFOs. I thought there were a lot of bull. And then I saw it. It was a breathtaking sight, something I'll never forget." And then after the 66 sightings, radar was installed atop the reservoir dam because they were just like, "Let's just keep an eye yeah. on stuff. This is weird." So after the, the, those two sightings happened, nothing happens until October when there is a bigger show that is put on. So um, on October 9th um, at nighttime, Betty and Robert Gordon of Pompton Lakes, which is a different town but kind of close by, still kind of around the reservoir area, saw what they described, quote, as a single saucer-shaped object about the size of an automobile glowing with a white brilliance. At first, I thought it was a star, Betty Gordon recalled, but it seemed to be moving. It had a definite pattern. It would move to the left of the tower and then move back directly over the tower. I'm quite sure it was not a star or planet. So Bob Gordon, her husband, was a police officer himself for Pompton Lakes. And he asked this when he'd be dispatched to their house, just like, check this out and just like talk to him or whatever, yeah. where they gave their account and their neighbor who saw it too also gave their account to the policeman who came and um, told them that the neighbor told the police officer that officer that they saw the light head off in the direction of the Wanakew Reservoir. So then a Sergeant Thompson for Pompton Lakes, who was on uh who's over that way anyway, radioed uh or no, excuse me, he was radioed to check up on it because he was over there anyway. So this guy did night duty and he was a sergeant for six years. So he doesn't like freak out easily or anything. But he says that he looked out of his car and to um his astonishment saw the UFO heading right toward him. Oh god. So he pulled over. <laughs> oh my god. So um he says, I saw the object coming at me. There was an extremely bright light. It was a bright white light, bright like when a light bulb was about to blow. It was very low. It appeared to be 75 feet over the mountain. It was traveling very quickly and in a definite pattern. First right, then up and down, then repeating the pattern. Distances are deceiving. Oh, so he gets me. He probably doesn't know what miles are either. Uh, distances are deceiving, but it might have covered an area of a half a mile. Oh, so he's got it. It went straight over my head, stopped in midair, and backed right up. It then started zigzagging from left to right. It was doing tricks, making acute angular turns instead of gradual curved ones. It looked as big as a parachute. I got out of my car and continued to watch it for almost five minutes. It was about 200 or it was about 200 to 250 yards away. This is the description where I was like. The person who's talking to us should be kind of like staring through him. Right, yeah. It was the shape of a basketball with the center scooped out and a football thrust through it. Sometimes the football appeared to be perpendicular to the basketball and sometimes standing up on end. <laughs> what? Oh, of course. Right. Thank you for using a, a, a folksy. Yeah, thanks for breaking it down for me. A basketball scooped out with a football thrust through the middle, but sometimes the football was perpendicular. What? Yes, of course. Yes, got it. Somebody with a press ticket sticking out <laughs> yeah. of their fedora. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. This is good stuff. Keep going. We're just having to do a direct quote of this one. We can't paraphrase. Just like old Chrissy. Cool. I think we're good on the description. Yeah. Can we get back to more of the <laughs> how it felt? Um, so this is a continuation of his quote. This guy was going on. Uh, there were two different gadgets. It didn't make much noise, but as it was moving, it raised the water beneath it. I watched it maneuver, stirring up brush and water in the reservoir. And it was about 150 feet up. I had difficulty seeing because the light was so bright, it blinded me. So people started pulling over yeah. um, and getting out of their cars. And it was starting to get really messy. Like, it was just, I, I imagine, like, a sea of cars, basically, like a parking lot sort of thing. So Sergeant Thompson finally put his lights on in his car. He's going to start trying to, like, get people out of there. And when that happened, when he put on the, you know, the cherry or whatever on his car or whatever the lights are, suddenly that thing sped away and was gone. 
So even more than last time, this time the switchboards got totally jammed up yeah. for both Wanakue and Pompton Lakes with calls about this, wanting explanations, wanting help, just reporting it, whatever. Absolutely jammed. <laughs> 911, yeah. we're scared too. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that's one of the things I find interesting about this. Like, you know, cops are people like anybody yeah. else, but they're still like somebody you think of as being kind of like, you know, by the books and rational. Sure. This is chock full of cops who are being like, I saw a UFO. That's very, yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're totally vulnerable, just right. like everybody else. Right. Terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Like, your gun isn't going to do anything about this. Not that they were, like, trying. But I'm just saying, like, they're just as susceptible to being freaked out at this thing as everybody else. They have no dominion over this. <laughs> Stand back, everybody. I've got this. <laughs> what are you? Hello? What are you? <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> um, so those things happened, yeah. and now for the explanation or the cover-up. Oh God! Okay, oh, no. no good explanations here, folks. Don't get yourself pumped for me to give you a, a straight answer that's going to make you be able to go home and sleep well tonight in your cute little beds. Yeah, there are no bad. explanations. This is the real world. That's right. Wake up, honey. You chumps. A little bit of a mixed metaphor because I just talked about you going to bed, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Lots of confusion, Will. So this is so weird. I did a little bit of research to try to find like sources and figure this stuff out, but I couldn't find anything. I uh, don't understand what happened here. Yeah. Just like the good people of Wanakee, not Wanakee, and Pompton Lakes. Uh-huh. Um, there's lots of confusion. So midnight after the, the January sighting, the very first one, Stewart Air Force Base, um, which is in New York, calls one of the police stations, Wanakue or Pompton Lake, it would be Wanakue, and said they had been running drills with a helicopter with a powerful beacon. So, like, don't worry about it. It was just us. But the next morning, somebody from Stewart Air Force Base calls back and says, like, no, that's not true. What? The next day, somebody from the Pentagon calls and says, yeah, no, it was. It was true. What? So here's my conjecture corner and putting my tinfoil hat on. Yeah, yeah. From this, that makes me wonder if somebody from the Pentagon called posing as somebody from Stewart Air Force Base or or coerced somebody from Stewart Air Force Base right. to call and make this call. Like, yeah, we were doing a test run, whatever. Somebody else who was aware of this situation and knew there was no <clears> test run called the next day and says, no, that's not true. Then the Pentagon calls and is like, no, look, we're the big, big guys and we're telling you it's true. We're saying it's true. I yeah, it know. does sound like the second phone call where they said it wasn't true is mm -hmm. somebody who either didn't have the clearance or right. really was not part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but even still, you'd think that they would maybe treat it with a little more hesitation than to outright say no. <laughs> right. You know, like, And so soon after, like that stuff happened yeah. like in the evening. I believe it said it was like 6.30 or something. At midnight, only hours later, somebody's calling me like, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, everything's chill. We were doing a drill or whatever. Well, for sure, if you pretend you're in charge all the time, if mm -hmm. something happens that you're obviously in the dark about as well, yeah. you have to pretend that you... Yeah, you know everything. You know. Yeah, and to calm people down. Like, I've got this under control. There's no need for you to be scared. Yeah. And I guess you would want to do that as soon as possible. We've been testing out a new wiggly light that likes water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zooms at you. So weird. It'll zoom at you sometimes. <laughs> that story scared the hell out of me in particular. Yeah, you, Thompson you from happen Pompton? to look up. Yeah. And, and you realize it's coming right at you? What the hell? Terrifying. Totally. I had a, there was, this is a stupid little story, but whatever. When we lived at the old apartment, uh, I was out walking Molly, and uh, we walked. Pre we were pretty far from the house. Yeah. And I heard an animal that I don't know what it was, and it sounded messed up. Oh, it was like it was just going like. <laughs> it sounded like Joe Pesci. <laughs> yeah. When he's like, you know, he's already been hitting the head with a brick, and yeah. he's storming up the stairs, just going like. It sounded like an animal that's like. It sounded like it was sick. Oh my god! And maybe in pain, but it definitely sounded like it was like telling you to like back off. And so I'm walking with Molly, who barks at everything. Yeah. And I just stopped, and Molly was barking, and I just started going like, "Please stop! Please stop barking!" Because soon this other animal is going to be a, like curious about you, and is going to be like, "Well, I'm being attacked mm -hmm. by this dog." better go on yeah. the offensive and attack us. And I imagined, I just put myself in a frame of mind where I'm standing with Molly and she's barking and then the sound of the animal going like, 
and like starts like chasing God. us up the road. And I'm running. And, I know. What would you do? You just have to run. And it would definitely catch me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was terrified. Oh God, terrified. Were... The idea of anything yeah. suddenly being like, oh, I see you. You. Yeah. Oh God, William. No, thank. I would drop dead on the spot that's like there was one time where i was um i had a break from work when i was in princeton and i sat on one of the benches in like the very lovely fancy middle of town square thing just like looking at my phone or something and this squirrel crawled up on the bench like on the opposite end and i was just like whatever and i looked back and it was like looking at me and i looked again i was just like trying to ignore it and it was still looking at me he started coming toward me making Ooh. eye contact eye contact and i was like Wah! yeah no Animals are, that's not how they, it may have had rabies. I know. They're supposed to have fear. I know. No, it was looking right and at And want me. to keep their distance. Yeah, exactly. that is scary. I don't care how cute it is. You know, I made like a noise and I like ran. You know in Cinderella, those mice were always climbing all over her and like little yeah. woodland creatures were putting her clothes on her and stuff. They probably had rabies. <laughs> They're not supposed to want to walk up to you. I loved that part when I was a kid. I still, when I fluff pillows, I do it the way the birds do in Cinderella. They like pounce on them with their little legs and then the birds pull from the opposite corners. I still do that. Really? Yeah. It would be far less convenient in real life because birds like, they're not conscious of when they're pooping. <laughs> so your bed might they're be not? made. I don't think so. Like horses, they sense. seem to just do it wherever they please. No decorum. What a life. <laughs> so your bed might be made. <laughs> Might be made on. But I don't know if you want to lie in it. Might have make on it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I make your bed. Sorry, you made my bed? No, I well, made it. I make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make. Uh. Um, okay. So, Air Force bases. How the hell we start talking about Sorry, that? Sorry. Yeah, that was me. Fine by me. I did an impression of an animal for a while. <laughs> oh, it was seeing something coming at you. Yeah, That's yeah. why. Um, so that happened with the Air Force Base saying something, taking it back, then the Pentagon stepping and be like, no, it was the truth what they said. Right. I didn't find where in the timeline of events this happened, but the same thing happened with another Air Force Base. The McGuire Air Force Base got in touch and said like, oh, don't worry, it was actually a weather balloon. And then later, somebody from the Air Force Base called and said like, no, actually it wasn't. <laughs> Get what? it straight. I know. So both bases denied having interest in the event in that they were worried about it or something like right. that. But um, a bunch of the police officers, including Joe Sisko from the beginning, remember seeing a pair of jet planes flying not long after that first UFO was reported. Like that, uh, I don't know if it was the same night, but not long after. As well as seeing a lot of helicopters in the area. So it seems like they were interested in it and were checking something out, but they were trying to be like, yeah, we don't care. We're not interested in that. Who, right. Like, it's not anything that's to Who be cares? concerned about because it's nothing. And yet they seem to be kind of interested and concerned. Um, another thing that I couldn't, I just found kind of a passing reference in the weird New Jersey article, but I couldn't find like, a quote or like when this happened or whatever was that there are people in town when they were sort of like having quotes from people being like, look, I know what I saw, whatever people referenced the army explaining away the um, incident to them as being swamp gas, kind of a will of the wisp sort of situation. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what the deal is with that. And there's also been um, an explanation. Shrek. <laughs> Stay out of my swamp. Yeah. Um, there's also an explanation that was brought forward by this nonprofit called Vestigia, um, which is a nonprofit that tries to find plausible explanations for unexplained phenomena. They said that they think that it could be attributed to seismic shifts in the Earth. You can find much more of a description in the article, but it was like very wordy. Um, that if those occur in just the right way in that area, because it's a reservoir and there's weird stuff or whatever, if they happen to occur just in the right way, and the atmosphere has just the right conditions that could result in spheres of light. Again, hundreds of people in Pompton Lakes and Wanakew call BS on that. Yeah, that They're doesn't like, do, sound do right. Do spheres of light, even if those unlikely things did happen to happen at the same time, would they move in that way? Like, tons and tons of people saw this, and it just does not seem... Yeah, I mean, right. even even despite the fact that that doesn't explain the activity Right, the way that scene, it moved, right. I don't buy that as an explanation anyway. No, it seemed to be like... Balls of light can just occur... Right, and it was like, well, I guess the will of the wisp thing is like swamp gas. Yeah, but that's thing. the swamp gas igniting. It's not the same know, as saying like I when know. the plates shift, you might see a ball of light. Well, it was like the plates <laughs> shift, and that could release something that could interact with the atmosphere. 
So it's like it, it is. It, it, it's the same kind it's of. It's the thing. same concept, right? It's just that it's not a swamp, and they're like, well, but because there's a reservoir and there's also like something else in the area, there could have been seismic shifts, and then something squeaks out through rocks, and it's <laughs> yeah, another one squeaked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a seismic shift for you. <laughs> um, make. <laughs> okay, so I will leave you with this because this is kind of like this is our. This is our government's final word on the matter. So why don't I leave you with this and just see how it sits. The word of G-Man. Right. So this is a quote from the Weird New Jersey article. This is how they end it, and this is how we're going to end it. One week after Stewart Air Force Base sent down its inexplicable ex- explanation for the Wanakue sightings, the Pentagon offered its own scenario. What hundreds of people had witnessed in the skies over the reservoir... <laughs> What hundreds of people had witnessed in the skies over the reservoir that January and described as a brilliant white light which floated, hovered, shot up, down and side to side was in actuality, according to the great military minds of Washington, nothing more than the planets Venus and Jupiter in a rare celestial alignment. That seems right. It's funny to explain one, like... uh, (laughs) You know, like metaphysical anomalous yeah. <laughs> paranormal event with another thing that people usually theorize causes paranormal events, right. the aligning of planets. That's a good point, yeah. Right, isn't that but weird? also, would Venus and Jupiter be moving this way and doing this stuff? I don't understand how that Yeah, even... I don't understand how that actually explains it, but it is just like, here's another thing that people have conspiracy theories about True. to explain your other conspiracy theory. Yeah, right, you know? right, totally. How weird is that? And also, like... Even going back to the thing with the plates shifting and all that kind of stuff, or the idea of swamp gas igniting, like it seems like you're explaining away something that seems implausible with something that seems equally as implausible. Right. Like yeah. even though it's technically possible, like the odds of those things lining up in just the right way that creates this phenomenon, it seems like almost equally as unlikely as it being a UFO. Absolutely. Like a lot of things would have to be going right for that to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, it's, it's very, and it was happening over the course of like a long period of time. Right. January, it, two times in January and one time in October. There yeah, were exactly. sightings of things in between, but as far as the big events that people, like a ton of people saw and came out for, yeah. that's when they happened. That's wild. So they're like, you can look it up. There are tons of newspaper headlines about it. It was a huge deal that I've never heard of. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, it's crazy when stuff like that happens the suppression tactics work i know they really do i mean quite frankly if you were somebody that that experienced that you firmly believe it was real Mm -hmm. and true and then you just get told like now what you saw was a planet oh that's infuriating yeah that'd be so annoying to me so infuriating i mean and there were lots of quotes people who were really bugged i didn't include all that because it'd just be repetitive but yeah people were like what no that's not what i saw like i saw this with my own eyes i know myself i trust myself like what are you talking about and it's not even just me Look at all these tons of people who are yeah. standing next to me. What are you talking about? Do you believe it, though? Here's a question. Like, you know, like, the, I don't it's, know. it's I said. Mean, it's hard to believe if you don't see it with your own eyes, you know? Right. Like, if I had to pick one, then I would believe it. Yeah. I guess I would believe that it was either an extraterrestrial thing or some sort of test that they don't want us to know about that is sanctioned by the government, but they maybe don't want to reveal it to everybody. But mom brought up an interesting idea today when I was talking to her about this. She was like, I'm paraphrasing, but she was basically like, well, you know, if, if they don't want us to know this thing for some reason and it's scary or whatever, like, do I really want to know? Like, maybe I'm happier not knowing. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And I was like, interesting she was like do you really want to know if that's true if they're if they're trying to hide it so bad maybe there's like a reason they're trying to hide it are you sure you want to know that that's true and i was like i do still want to know but it is an interesting idea it is an interesting idea yeah you can't go back right once you find out the truth if you wish you didn't know it Mm -hmm. it's too late right and maybe it's a very scary truth yeah is it better is it better to to know even if it's bad for you right so, like, you know, there are all these ideas about government cover-ups and everything, mm-hmm. and maybe, and I think sometimes they are for reasons that aren't right, and I think that there are things that we should know, but, like, I think it's worth exploring. I'd never thought about it until Mom said it. Like, maybe we can kind of trust them on some things and believe that we're better off not having all this information. I wonder. I know. It's an interesting idea. It, it's That's a very interesting notion. Not yeah. one that I'd ever really considered. Me I'm neither. used to the idea of, like, the government cover-up and how dare they hide it from right, us. Not, right. like... Thanks. Thanks for hiding that from me. Yeah, right. Like you're maybe we don't need to be exposed to something that's like potentially terrifying. Yeah. Sometimes the truth yeah. isn't good enough. Yeah. Sometimes we deserve more. Okay. And for my topic, it's gone. So uh, Kristen and I recorded the show uh, this week the same way that we always do it in front of a live 
chat where people can watch us, hear us, and talk to each other and send us messages. Right. We don't tend to look at that chat while we're recording the show because we don't want to distract listeners in the future like you um, with, with updates from things that you can't see in mm -hmm. the moment. So we did not see the messages coming in as I was discussing the Flat Earth Society. That was my topic for the week. Um, prior to doing the show, I was aware of the Flat Earth Society as quite literally a fringe group of people who believe the Earth is not a sphere, it is flat. However, what I did not know is that in the chat there was a discussion about the connection between the Flat Earth Society uh, and anti-Semitism. Uh, and naturally, in retrospect, having gone through talking about the entire topic, mm -hmm. talking about who these people are, what their motivations are, but being completely unaware of the possible subtext, mm -hmm. um, we're just not comfortable with the way the, the, the topic developed. Yeah. Uh, and so we're cutting it from the show that you're hearing right now, but every live stream that we do for Guide to the Unknown goes public on YouTube. So it is available there in full. You can see the comments play out during the show in full uh, uh, because we don't want to ignore that this event happened either. Uh, and out of respect for you, we want to uh, let you know why there is no second topic for the show this week. Um, and let you know that we uh, we we listen and we pay attention to what uh, people have to bring to the table. Yep. Uh, so yeah, thank you all so much for understanding. And uh, we're going to get back in one week mm -hmm. uh, for more of what we do best, which is sitting down and having fun, right? And talking about paranormal things, the supernatural, odd phenomenon, yeah, and things like that. Things like you turn off your brain for a little while. Absolutely. So. Uh, that's what we want to do here. So, hey, that's it for Guide to the Unknown this week. Thank you so much for listening through to the end. Uh, we'll be back in one week to do exactly what we want to do and what this show does best. Uh, uh, have us hang out and talk about spooky stuff exactly. like monsters and And hopefully you guys just get to have a good time listening. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're here to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's it, everybody. Uh, Hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time. That's right. Bye.